Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. David Kaplis is joining us today, former Undersecretary of Commerce and the leading uh, advocate when it comes to intellectual property rights. Uh, he's going to join us today to talk about the FTC's uh, move uh, towards elim- eliminating uh, non-compete agreements and uh, the issues that, that come up from that. David, welcome to the program. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, your organization uh, efforts and kind of set the basis of your concerns about the FTC's move uh, for us, and welcome. Yeah, hi, Kevin. Uh, great to be with you. And so, yeah, what, so with, with the efforts that I'm working on are part of a, um, an organization called the Council for Innovation Promotion and we're a nonprofit, and we um, uh, advocate in favor of a strong and effective innovation ecosystem for the U.S. through strong and effective intellectual property rights. And Kevin, that you know brings you quickly to this FTC uh, proposal, which is kind of crazy, actually, um, uh, uh, potentially eliminating the ability of companies everywhere in the U.S. to protect their important trade secrets by asking their usually executive senior employees to enter into non-compete agreements. There literally have been thousands of these agreements, probably millions entered over hundreds of years. Um, We've got a stable set of laws that deal with them and we've got no significant problems and yet the FTC wants to eradicate the whole concept. It's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, kind of uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, yeah, and this is pretty much the sum of bad policy, in my opinion. There's there's this third way that seems to be elusive, even though it shouldn't be, uh, between extremes like having no uh, non-compete allowed to the other extreme of one that's simply ridi- ridiculous and undermines the ability of people to make a living. And we've seen those, right? But they're handled pretty well, uh, you know, in courts. And it's well enough, in fact, that uh, most businesses simply go, we don't want to go there. It's not going to hold up. Yeah, that's exactly right, Kevin. And I would I would uh, double down on that to say that those few cases in which businesses overreach and try to exact non-competes from, uh, you know, sort of regular wage employees, a classic example is a sandwich chain that required their sandwich makers uh, to sign non-competes. The law already deals with that situation. That particular case quickly uh, went up. I think five attorney, states' attorneys general went after the company. It quickly agreed to a settlement, backed the whole thing out, and uh, you know we were back to normal. So companies very occasionally will overreach. It's the exception, not the rule. The law's already easily deal with the situation. We've got all the safeguards we need. And as you say, there is absolutely no reason to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, and in, in, in that case, uh, you know, my understanding is, because the big argument is, is that, yes, only rich people with lawyers can afford to retaliate if they got themselves in a bad agreement. And the reality is, is in that particular case, they were all sandwich workers making a little over minimum wage, and they just contact, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the attorney general's office, 
and uh, things kind of started rolling from there. Uh, it, it became something that uh, was rather uh, rather easy to address. And so when when it's heinous, when it's ridiculous, uh, it, it's pretty easy to uh, uh, navigate. That's exactly right, and and it's it's by far the exception, not the rule, that those. Um, Situations like the sandwich shop uh, situation occur. Much more common is the opposite extreme, where you've got um, uh, an executive, maybe an executive um, from a foreign country that um, is is being very highly compensated and is asked to sign a non-compete, um, and and then suddenly wants to leave to go back to the foreign country let's say as an example think china as uh you know as a prime example that comes to mind and now what the ftc is saying despite our national sec- our vital national security interests vis-a-vis chinese operatives executives routinely stealing trade secrets from american companies we're going to totally disable ourselves from defending our country against those kinds of national security violations that's why i say it's just crazy yeah, it, it doesn't seem to make sense. Um, you know, and for people who don't understand, when a, when a company thinks about locating in a certain country, this is an aside to what you just used as an example, you know, uh, or staying in a particular country, it's things like logistics, which was interesting to hear President uh, Biden talk about how U.S. is now ranked 14th, I think he said, in logistics. That's not very good, David. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's... Uh, uh, property rights, it's rule of law, it's tax competitiveness, those type of things. This would include rule of law. This is really under rule of law, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly right. And it, you might have seen this, Kevin, just this morning, the uh, the, the lone um, Republican commissioner on the FTC abruptly resigned and uh, declared uh, um, problems with the FTC following the rule of law and cited this very issue, the elimination of non-compete. So you're right on wow. top of what's going on. I did not see that. I wish, it, I wish I'd said it yesterday, and then I would have been a genius today. <laughs> yeah, that was Christine Wilson just this morning, uh, abruptly resigning and and citing this very issue and the failure of the chairman of the FTC to follow the rule of law. So this is pretty serious. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. I mean, good for me for once. I get a gold star if I were in kindergarten again. Let, let's talk real quickly about the um, ostensibly the logic that's being used for this. By those who are saying, let's just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, so uh, you know, the basic logic is, look, um, uh, there's already uh, the existence of um, trade secret misappropriation laws that enable companies to protect themselves from executives uh, who will take trade secrets and go to competitors or take them and, and go overseas with them. And the problem is, while that is true, there are trade secret laws, um, those get enforced after the fact. Here we're talking about trade secrets that once disclosed uh, are a classic example of the, the uh, livestock out of the barn that can't be gotten back into the barn once it's out. Once the trade secret is disclosed, you know, to the Chinese government, to some other company, um, it's gone, and it's gone forever. So enforcing trade secret rights through 
um, uh, misappropriation of trade secret laws is not the way to solve this problem. And it's exactly why this issue of uh, non-competes and the common use of non-competes became so commonplace many, many years ago was recognizing that the trade secret laws alone cannot solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, what you're saying is that uh, the approach that is being suggested to replace the current model is one that uh, really only goes into effect after the damage has already been done. That's utterly insane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so a little bit as we wrap it up about the organization, what your objectives are, and what can people do to learn more? Yeah, sure. So Council for Innovation Promotion, you know, we launched last year. Um, We're all about uh, helping America be as competitive as it can be through innovation and recognizing that if you want to have strong innovation outcomes, job creation, high-paying jobs, durable jobs, national leadership, um, national security, you have got to have a strong intellectual property rights system, ability for people to benefit from uh, and have some property rights in their innovations, whether those are in the music area, in the film area, innovations um, that result in patents like new machines and, and uh, artificial intelligence, 5G, quantum computing, all of those things are in our scope, um, and we're simply trying to be the advocates for good policy. Um, we're nonpartisan. We're, uh, you know, R's and D's. Um, we've got, uh, you know, two branches of the government, executive and, and judicial, on our board, um, and we're trying to be the voice of good policy and the voice of reason on issues, Kevin, just like this one, um, to speak truth to power, if you will. Real quickly, your website. Yeah, website, uh, c4ip.org. Please go visit it. You can learn more. Uh, We've got lots of position papers and writings there. And uh, you'll see us active on Capitol Hill and in debates like this one. David Kaplos, thanks so much for being with us. Really interesting, I think, very timely topic, very important, and uh, appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Thanks for being interested in it. You bet. I am Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business. This is a really important issue. I hope you learn more about it. Stay tuned for more after this.